Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today we're going to talk about with my wife and co-host, Rebecca Russell. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Bigfoot and aliens and cryptids. Oh my. Uh, so it's going to be a fun one. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, is there a connection between uh, Bigfoot and UFOs? And what is it? Uh, what are cryptids really? Uh, and and of course, at the end, we're going to talk about our favorite uh, subject, which is uh, the TV show uh, uh, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, we always end every paranormal show with our uh, findings and about the, the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. It's a TV show, if you don't know, on the History Channel. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun one, you guys. So grab a beverage, grab a snack, get comfortable. Um, we are here not only to entertain you, but we're here to uh, mix humor and heart and hopefully leave you guys with something thoughtful as well. So thank you for listening and buckle up. Let's begin. Well, hello, guys. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your hostess with the mostest, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And today I have a very special guest slash co-host slash partner in crime and partner in life, my beautiful wife, you know her, you love her, Rebecca Russell. Oh, you flatter me. Hi. <laughs> you flatter me. Uh, so, yeah, welcome, baby. Um, so today we both woke up with migraines, and uh, so this is the migraine edition of Surviving Empathy. Uh, but we feel better. I feel okay. I'm kind of on the fence. How are you feeling? About the same. Uh, yeah. This morning, but I, well, still it's, not perfect. It's really windy out there, so I'm wondering if that might have something to do with it. I know that a lot of our migraines start from uh, basically, uh, you know, anytime the weather changes too abruptly, it can go from hot to cold. It could go from uh, overcast to sunny, sunny to overcast. And I've now noticed that it, it can go from not windy to very windy. That seems to do it, too. Yeah, which could put more allergens in the air which could have something to do with it yeah i don't know because i don't feel that doesn't give me a migraine these days yeah right i know (laughs) well i don't think this one for me was a migraine i think this one was more of a just a headache it felt like a intense pressure in my forehead i think that has just a lot to do with you know especially up here in oregon you go from a wet weather system to a dry weather system and that always seems to affect me for some reason because it happens in five minutes yeah, yeah. They say if you don't like the weather in Oregon, just wait 15 minutes. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's not what this episode's about today. Uh, today, uh, we're talking about um, Bigfoot, UFOs, and cryptids, and the possible link therein. Ooh, fancy word. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I wanted to get started um, about how, what we believe, first of all, about all of those things, and then we'll kind of get into the backstory of how we got introduced to these things and whatnot. Um, I know most of you guys know by now, anybody who's been listening, all, all 15 of you guys who listen to my podcast regularly, uh, <laughs> hey, and I, and I love you for it, by the way, um, but anybody who's been watching my or listening to my podcast knows that um, I do believe in uh, UFOs. Because I saw one when I was about 19 years old. Uh, I saw two, in fact, at the same time. Uh, I did even see one time we were at the drive-in and I saw what looked like a cluster of UFOs. And at first we thought it was um, moths 
in the in the projector you know light um but then we're like no that's that would be over here over here you know so we weren't sure i don't classify that one as a definite ufo sighting i it's more of a eh, maybe it was um but even craig saw it and craig is a big time skeptic yeah so um but anyways uh yeah so how so of course i've been into ufos ever since the 90s because any any child of the 90s knows that um you know alien and ufo shows and they still are were huge you know hugely popular uh, i can't remember the name of them but there was a hundred of them well i would say even the 80s because i got introduced to all that stuff with um unsolved mysteries oh there's yeah. a little bit of everything on that show that's true i forget that they went mm-hmm. to that place because i know a lot of it was like um it was mostly like, you know, uh, cold cases and things mm-hmm. like that. But True they crime. Did, they did ghost things. They did UFO things. They yeah. Did things. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's true, huh? Uh, Robert Stack. Uh, I loved his voice work in uh, uh, Beavis and Butthead, Do America. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Anyways, rest in peace, Robert Stack. Uh, so, yeah, I got into uh, Bigfoot. Um, well, of course, I got into UFOs because any child of the 80s and 90s does. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. E.T. E.T., yeah. <laughs> E.T., you know, uh, uh, Close, Encounters. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, all that stuff gets you into that. And and I think just growing up when we did, growing up being a child of the 80s and the 90s, um, I don't know a single person who grew up in the 80s and 90s that, uh, you know, doesn't at least explore the possibility of aliens and UFOs and um, more than likely at least wants to believe in Bigfoot and doesn't necessarily believe in Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then of course ghosts with poltergeist, you know, that's where that whole yeah. pop culture thing became huge, you know? Um, but yeah, so children of the eighties and nineties, you know who you are. You're 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 hiding your age well, but we can see you underneath that uh, hair dye, like me, <laughs> my beard dye. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the UFO thing uh, for me started, of course, when I had that uh, encounter all those years ago. I was in the park and uh, I saw two red, sort of like oval or football shaped uh, red uh, discs in the sky. Uh, they were way, way, way up there. So it wasn't like you could see great detail, but they were definitely red in color. And they moved across the horizon for what felt like several minutes. And then they just kind of disappeared like they were leaving our atmosphere so quickly that they looked like they converged. Kind of like, you know, in Star Trek, where at the end of the Star Trek, uh, you know, uh, you know, when the show starts and it disappears and it kind of goes bling and you see that little star go bling. It kind of did that except without the bling it was just they they looked like they were coming together into one but uh, cuz they were leaving our atmosphere so yeah. quickly that they looked like they became like they came together they intersected but anyway i digress i'm a big ass nerd um but yeah so that's where i got into it um did you were you always a believer and do you believe and how did you get into this was it because of my influence or something else i've always been fascinated by it and like i said i think it all goes back to unsolved mysteries and my parents were just big on that kind of stuff we'd always watch shows if they were on i remember seeing that patterson gimbal is it patterson gimbal patterson gimbal yeah. yes i remember seeing that picture somewhere in my house at some point <clears throat> when i was a kid my dad had a book or a, a mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. picture of it or something. So my parents have always just been really open to stuff. So I've just always been really interested in it. And I think it's Gim- Gimbley. Gimbley. I don't Gimbley? I can't Patterson Gimbley? Yeah. Something like Possibly. that? <laughs> don't quote me on that. But yeah, yeah. I think anybody who grew up in that era, uh, in the in the late 60s, early 70s and on, uh, you know, because I think that that came out in like 19, I'm going to say 1967 or eight or something like that. Something like Late that. 60s. Yeah. It was Northern California. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I spent time living in Northern California. Uh, it was Oregon. Hmm. I thought it was Oregon. No, no, it's North. No, it was Northern. Yeah, it was Northern, way Northern California. Um, But um, not that, you know, it couldn't have been because it's pretty much the same geographically. Um, But yeah, that's, I think that's where a lot of people get their fascination of Bigfoot is from the Patterson Gimli uh, film. If you guys aren't aware, there is a film that came out uh, by these two videographers and uh, it's the most compelling uh, video that we've ever seen of Bigfoot, uh, the first one. It was the first big, mm-hmm. compelling video, and yeah. it shows this what looks like a big, giant female. Um, we think that it's female because it had kind of breasts, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it had this really big gait, and there was just no way to fake that because not it was at so. That time. Yeah, not at that time. They even had like um, special effects people kind of like weigh in about it, and a lot of them say. Well, that if that is a special effect, that that is the best special effects we've ever seen because it had the right gait, which is a walking t- style, you know, had the right gait. Uh, it, it felt weighty. It had musculature to it. Musculature, right, right. You could see yeah. the musculature underneath the fur, and that was what was so compelling to me. Um, but, yeah, it's just a um, fascinating film. If you haven't seen it, just... You know, Google uh, Patterson Gimli, or I think it's Gimli, Gimble or Gimli. I think it's Gimli, but uh, look it up and take a look because it's everywhere. Um, but that that is some pretty compelling stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, and, and then I think along what happens is is you know we we sort of you know we grow up and we go off into our lives, and you know you became an MA, and I went into the army, and. After the army, I, I was, you know, trying to be a chiropractor, and then after being a chiropractor, I went to culinary school, and blah blah blah, you know, and and so you get so busy in real life that um, these these loves, there's something that are it's always there, and then at some point you get old enough where you start giving a shit again, you know? Yeah. Before that, you kind of feel like you're at a point where you're you're so important and you have to you're living your life and you're trying to be Mr. Professional or mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing. But as you get older, you kind of want to go back to the whimsical, childlike, yeah, fun part of life. I think so. Yeah, because I think that's where we're at. We're we're at an age now where, um, you know, you just get tired of real life. Like, you know, you go on Instagram and oh, by the way, real quick, I just want to say to you guys, um, if you want, if you listen to my last podcast, I was in a little bit of a mood and I want you guys to understand that I am not trying to um, judge or, or mischaracterize people or, or be harsh to people or society. It's just my observations. Um, I, I think in order to, in life, you know, I was talking about toxic positivity. And I think in life, you know, uh, there are people out there who are just trying to be happy. And so I, you know, I have nothing against, you know, runners and fitness people on Instagram who are just doing their thing. Some of them I actually like a lot, um, like that uh, that girl, uh, 
Her name is, uh, I want to say, Amber Runs. She is a sweet, sweet kid. Really good runner. I wish I could run like her. But um, so I don't want you guys to get the idea that that Chef Bry comedy and 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 Brian uh, is this you know like hateful person. It's not about that. It's more like trying to address the aspects of our society and culture that aren't helping us to become a better, happier, you know, just more stable and mature and 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 uh, I don't know, fun and and. You know, and so that's why we get into these things. You know, once you're at a point in your career where it's either you know you're not getting anywhere or you're just kind of stuck in a certain place, you know, all those little, you know, dreams of ours that we used to have. Remember when you dream about success and fortune and then it doesn't happen. And so you're like, eh, ooh, look, aliens, you know, I think that's what it is. You know, it's just kind of like real life is has become such a grind for most people that they they're just sick and tired of it you know and so i've noticed that because all the topics that i do on here i try to keep this um you know uh topical about real life things and so when you when i go on to uh to look at my numbers to see how many people are downloading my episodes the worst one the very worst one was about the economy and people just don't want to hear about it man they don't want to hear about reality and the and the ones that did the best ghosts cryptids, uh, and, uh, and being an empath, all that stuff, all that more fascinating supernatural stuff people are more into. And I don't blame them because life is hard. It's an escape. Exactly. So anyway, getting back on track, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that this is a judgment free zone. And my last, uh, podcast episode was about a, a lot of different things and i went on these rants and stuff but it's never about hurting people or putting people down or judging people um you know it's about addressing the aspects of our society that are more hurtful uh that are that or or at least that aren't doing a lot of good you know so when i see celebrity culture and that kind of unchecked wealth it bothers me because um because there, there's so much more people could be doing to make this a better world, you know? And when I think about the economy and the infrastructure, I want to think about um, a living wage for everybody. And uh, I just want to get to the point where um, regular people feel just as good as rich people. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like we should all wake up in a good mood, you know? And when I talk about mental health and depression and anxiety, you know, I always have to, Whenever I think about the commonality, I always think the people who are most depressed are the people that have to go out and work a real job. Those are the depressed motherfuckers. Yes, they are. You know, and for good reason. And so and so we can't let real life get in the way of our whimsy. And so that's sort of the point about a lot of things I was saying in my last podcast is that, yeah, I get a little negative and I get, you know, hurt and I get... um where I feel like, you know, what what's the point? This isn't going to go anywhere, and nobody's listening, and nobody cares, and nobody loves me, and God dang it, I'm going home. Give me my ball, you know. But no, it's it's a once you start realizing um, that the good that you're doing, even if it's just a, a few people, I've done what I think is some pretty thoughtful work, and I'm really proud of it, and I want to thank the handful of people who are listening regularly. So thank you so much. Okay, back to the show. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got into uh, Bigfoot because of uh, essentially, um, uh, well, 
it was before that, but I really solidified my love of Bigfoot when we started watching uh, Survivor Man mm-hmm. with Les Stroud. And so in a season, I think, six of Survivor Man with Les Stroud, who's a personal hero of mine, by the way, um, he did an entire season on, uh, it's called Survivor Man Bigfoot. And he goes, uh, you know, he's had a couple encounters and experiences in his life. Uh, one being uh, one that where he lived a year in the snow up in the frozen tundra of Canada for a year with his wife. Probably why they divorced. <laughs> uh, but he, he, he had an, uh, a Bigfoot encounter there. And then uh, there's one episode uh, of Survivor Man where it wasn't even about Bigfoot, where he had what he thinks was a Bigfoot encounter. And so he did an entire season just kind of dispelling the myths and talk, you know, being skeptical but not cynical. And, uh, and then what upset me is that we watched this uh, episode of Joe Rogan where Les Stroud was on. And even Joe Rogan for a year did a sci-fi show about, like, cryptids and mysterious that unknown mysteries and stuff. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. But, but, and then he turns around a few years later when – you know, Bigfoot is no longer cool or fun or popular. It was no longer cool to talk about. And he did this show with this survivor guy on a different program. And he was disparaging Les Stroud. And I was like, motherfucker, you were doing the same shit at that time. What are you talking about? So I just found that so like, and I'm sorry if I pick on Joe Rogan a lot, but that motherfucker, a fucking wealthy bastard. He's a target. <laughs> He's yeah, he's an easy target, you know. And I like Joe Rogan. Don't get me wrong; I'll, I listen to his podcast too. But I just think he's so flipping overrated. And like he'll he'll kind of go liberal for a while, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then one day he just gets it in his ass that liberals are a bunch of pussies, and then he'll go full like um, libertarian, full on libertarian. Yeah. So he has he gets the right ideas. And the thing is, is that I agree. You know, I don't think all liberals should be. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're a little too woke for, for my taste sometimes, but I just wish that, you know, he would stay consistent. Like he's do he says the right things, he's doing the right thing. And then one day he just wakes up in a bad mood and decide, and he, he goes backwards Changes like everything. 50 yeah. years in, in his, uh, he regresses back into his former self, you know, but anyways, I am completely <laughs> digressing. Um, but yeah. Um, so I, I got upset with Joe Rogan because he was disparaging less, about his Survivor Man Bigfoot episodes, and and yet he himself did an episode on his show about Bigfoot, and he spent time up in the Pacific Northwest where he was doing that on his television show. So I just found it very hypocritical that he was like later kind of saying, you know, to the Survivor guy, like, yeah, that was lame. Like, lame? You're lame then, because you did the same <laughs> fucking thing. Anyway, um, but yeah, what got me into Bigfoot and really what solidified it was that you know, when Survivor Man Bigfoot came out and I would watch it and then you start watching uh, YouTube videos and then from those YouTube videos, there's a few that are really compelling. And I know there's a, a guy out there named Todd Standing. Todd Standing does, I think it's called Sylvanic Bigfoot. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. And uh, his he's got a video that is like, holy crap, how did you get that? Some of it is very compelling. Um, but a lot of people think he's a, a hoaxer because he's overly excitable and he, he's not very, um, you know, scientifically grounded. He's not very skeptical. And I think a lot of people just give him a lot of flack for that. But I do think that 
once you've seen as much as that dude has seen, it's really hard to go to to re rewind and 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 you know get back to being skeptical again because you're such a big believer that I think and so I think for for skeptics out there who hear people like him, they're like, oh, crazy guy, <laughs> you know. So I think that's the thing is like once you've seen something in real life, whether it be a ghost or Bigfoot or whatever, um, it's hard. You 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 can't unsee that. And so you become uh, more open to it. Um, but, yeah, that's where I kind of got my love of Bigfoot and where we got our love of it. And, uh, and so that just kind of got us down the YouTube rabbit hole of uh, paranormal videos and cryptids and all that. And so, yeah, let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, I got that beef off, off my, uh, <laughs> off my chest about Joe Rogan and disparaging Les Stroud because yeah, they were all doing it at the time. It was a, it was a kind of a part of our zeitgeist. So all the Bigfoot shows were coming out and they were all kind of getting on board because, you know, it's easy to succeed when you talk about things that people are fascinated by. I'm no exception, you know, like my best episodes are always about the more weird shit you know, when I talk about something straightforward, like the economy, people are like, eh, I don't want to hear that. I don't hear that depressing shit, you know. Uh, so anyway, uh, getting back to this. Um, so, yeah, that's where our Bigfoot. Do you believe in uh, uh, UFOs? Yes. Okay. Do you I believe do. in uh, Bigfoot? Yes. I do, too. I you, do. Know, you know, um, and, and that's where a lot of people give me flack is that they're like, how can you be like a, an atheist and and yet believe in ghosts and Bigfoot and cryptids and all that other stuff. And you know why? Doesn't because have anything to do with each other. Well, right, but it's because there's evidence. Yeah. Evidence. If I thought God was doing a work in my life, I might rethink that, you know, because I'm not against the idea of God. I I don't want to be an atheist, to be quite frank. I want to be a believer. I believe people that are are uh, burdened by glorious purpose in life do better. And so I want to be that person, but unfortunately, I just don't always sense that, you know, and, you know, and how would you, even if you did videotape God or Jesus, what, nobody would believe it. No. <laughs> so, but um, I wanted to talk about um, the connection between UFOs and Bigfoot. Okay. So if you guys don't know, um, there's, <clears throat> there's a story, I think it took place in the 70s, maybe. In Russia, where there was a bunch of campers who were out camping in the in the woods, and they discovered the remains of these campers. And there was like five to seven of them, mm-hmm. mixed group of males and females, and uh, it was bloody, gory, and disgusting. Um, and uh, they started the story. How the story goes essentially is that they found the remains of these campers. Um, and then how did they, I don't remember the whole story, but I think, do you remember? They had been missing and they went up to see if they could find them. And there were, there was evidence that they'd been in their tents, but evidence that they had literally ripped out of the tents. Like they were trying to get away from something or something was scaring them. And then there was like body parts missing, like tongues missing. And, but do they, how do they make the connection to the UFOs and all that? I think that. Other people in the area had seen lights in the sky mm. oh, at the time that they, yeah. knew that they were out there. That could be, yeah. Because I know, because the first thing I would think is bears, duh. You know, like you would think yeah. bears. But yeah, I think that's the way the story or the legend goes is it's a very famous story and it kind of um, 
kind of opened up the doors to this idea that perhaps Bigfoot is uh, an alien and or or an interdimensional traveler, and uh, that when you when you see lights in the sky, you'll tend to see Bigfoot too. And I mean, like maybe you know, like is uh one is of the more out there theory. It's like Bigfoot is like basically Chewbacca, <laughs> except meaner or something. I, yeah, I don't tend to believe that. Um, I believe that uh, my belief is that Bigfoot is uh, basically Gigantopithecus, which is a offshoot of you know, you know, there, back in the day, a hundred thousand years ago, there were there we were uh, we've always been sort of the um, top master race. Rat master species is that the right word? I don't know. That sounds weird and racist. Uh, <laughs> I, I just mean to say that um, <clears throat> human beings, Homo sapien, is, is that was has become the top species on the planet, the top intellectual bipedal species. And and hundred thousand, two hundred thousand years ago, there was a a group of them of like five to twelve. There's a baker's dozen of. Uh, all these species that were all trying to survive and coexisting. And so what they believe is that uh, we, the reason why we survived and the others didn't is because not because we were the strongest or the smartest, but because we were the most um, uh, adaptive. We, we were the most adaptive species and we didn't require as much food as the bigger species. Uh, We were smarter than some of the dumber species, but we weren't, you know, we weren't as strong as some of the other species, but we were more, you know, Intellectual. intellectual and we could adapt better yeah so yeah. they they believe the reason why we became the top uh dog in our in the in on this planet is due to our adaptability and so um that kind of uh, kind of reminds me uh of the fact that i i whenever i picture bigfoot i think of one of these competing species because <clears throat> when you think about bigfoot as a whole um we find them not only in America, but we find them in uh, Peru. Uh, we find them over uh, all, Russia? Russia. Yeah. All, all over the place. Them. Yeah. The yeah. Yeti. Um, and so when you start to think about this, um, there could be different kinds of Bigfoot, you know? So, so I think that like the Pacific Northwest probably has uh, the largest species which is the Gigantopithecus, in my opinion. And then you've got the, uh, what'd you say, the Ohio Grassman mm-hmm. in the Ohio region. There's, there's the a Florida Skunk Ape. Florida Skunk Ape, yeah. And then I think there's one in Ohio, uh, uh, Oklahoma, yeah, which is very similar to the Ohio Grassman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start to think about this, everybody thinks, oh, that is so crazy, that is nonsense. Um, and And so it's like, you know, how do you get skeptics and, and, and people who don't believe to start believing? You know, because I think for people who believe, don't believe, we believers look like crazy people, you know. And, th- and that reminds me of uh, Skinwalker Ranch, the episode we watched <laughs> last night. So don't let me forget to talk about that at the end. Um, but, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so my whole thing about uh, Bigfoot is that I believe it's just an offshoot, uh, an evolving species like us. Uh, that and and so maybe what happened was as as mankind grew, uh, these other species sort of were dying off, 
And so we might have a few relics, if you will, or leftovers from a bygone era of species. And that's what they think all cryptids are, not just Bigfoot, but mm-hmm. that that we're just talking about undocumented, non-scientifically recorded species. And the reason why we don't have them recorded is because they're either small or they're elusive. And we just can't get evidence. They've evolved to go really well with the areas that they're in. So mm-hmm. they evolved to live in the swamps or the forests in the Pacific Northwest. or right. And they're all areas that are hard for humans to get into. And that's how they've survived. Yeah. Because they can be elusive and they can be hidden. Right. Right. Exactly. You remember that video we watched uh, just the other day? Uh, so there was a video we were watching about Bigfoot. And uh, there was a Bigfoot. This guy. The one in Utah? Yeah. 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 crazy. The one where he was throwing rocks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So this guy was in a parking lot and he this looks up. trail that he had been on. Yeah. There was a hiking trail. He pans up to this hiking trail and there's this big furry creature that obviously looks like Bigfoot. And next thing you know, he's chucking these giant rocks at him and he's like, oh, and he got the hell out of there. And it was very compelling because, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say it was like high def quality. It was a little potato. No, it was, but not as potato as a lot that we've seen. Right. It was, pre- yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Was, well, and that kind of reminds me of that other U- uh, Bigfoot video that we saw on YouTube where that there was a bunch of loggers, I think, in Oregon. And we're in Oregon, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but remember, he, he pulled out that tree and he launched that tree. It was like a 30-foot tree, and he launched yeah. it like half of a football field. And uh, that was just amazing. And so what you start to see, and this is kind of what makes you kind of start to believe, and you start to go from a complete non-believer to a believer, because I didn't always believe in Bigfoot. I always believed in ghosts, but I didn't always believe in Bigfoot. I did. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um because we grew up in California, so, you know, being up here in the Pacific Northwest, I mean, you see it everywhere. It's it's a big part of their culture. Um, but I didn't always believe. But um, what, what made me start to believe, in this, and this goes for what I was saying about the paranormal, is you start to see repeatable phenomenon, repeatable evidence. And so you see... Um, Lots of videos of, of Bigfoot where people are calling it by knocking. They do the wood knocking, mm-hmm. and then they'll knock back. Or there's howls, and they'll howl back. So that's one repeatable yeah. phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is they love chucking shit. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing stories like in the 80s of people in cabins that spent a night just horrified because things were attacking the cabin and throwing things and right throwing shit under the roof kind of reminds me of that um movie remember that we watched uh, called willow creek mm-hmm. it's directed by bobcat goldthwaite <laughs> yeah. it's a uh movie about how this couple it's kind of shot like it's a found footage and it's about this couple who spent the night in a tent being harassed and harangued by bigfoot mm-hmm. it's really good it's it well done good. yeah you know um, but but yeah, so you see you see that he uh, Bigfoot seems to be a very uh, territorial creature, and so he tends to throw shit at you when he doesn't want you around. So yeah. you see that he's an elusive creature, and you know, and it's because a lot of people you know say, well, if if Bigfoot's real, how come we haven't come upon their bones yet, or how come we haven't found their caves or nests or whatever? You know, address that right. a little bit. 
how many times have you seen a bear carcass or bare bones? True. And they're in areas of the forest where things get covered up quickly. They decay mm. quickly. Yeah. And I think they're intelligent. So they probably, if one of them dies, they take it somewhere and they take care of it. They don't just right. leave it laying there. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think, you know, they're probably not as intellectually intelligent as human, but they are definitely smarter than animals because mm-hmm. they are bipedal. And they are, I mean, we're all animals. Let's just face it. We're all mammals. But but I think they share a kind of intellectual um, uh, similarity to humans in the sense mm-hmm. that they have an opposing thumb. And they so they do have, uh, you know, bipedal... Uh, way of life and that being bipedal makes them a little bit uh you know above the other animals in the sense that any animal that has an opposing thumb can use tools and therefore is more intelligent can learn more because they have more uh things available at their disposal if you will and just i think the areas that they live in, you don't realize how vast these forests are. Just like when we went to Lake Cushman that one time, it was an area that had cabins. It was a lake. Still mm-hmm. felt like we were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And when you look at it, was just on the edge of this huge, huge <clears throat> forest. Yeah. It is so large. There's no way you could see every little square inch or explore yeah. every square inch. Well, I think a lot of skeptics, um, they think, you know, they're living in New York or L.A. or somewhere or they just live in a small town somewhere, and they think, oh, come on, get real, that's ridiculous. But I don't think people that don't go camping or aren't really outdoorsy, they don't understand just how vast it is out there. Because there is big, massive forests that we have yet to even begun to explore, Mm -hmm. you know, miles and miles of forests. So, yeah, I agree. And I agree with you on the sense that I think Bigfoot, um, the reason why we haven't found more is especially like up here in the Pacific Northwest, um, it rains a lot. And therefore you get a lot of rain, you get a lot of wetness, and that wetness turns into decay. And so Mm -hmm. things decay very quickly up here. Not to mention you would have animals that would probably eat the meat. Mm -hmm. And so what you would have left is bones. And then you have scatter really quickly. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. summertime in Oregon and the Pacific Northwest, it gets very hot. In the winter, it gets very wet and cold, and so you get that mixture. And that's why um, a lot of areas are so heavily forested is because it, there's it's rich in nutrients because of all the trees that are decaying, and that gives you very rich mulch. And that you know, mm-hmm. and that would be a good reason why I think yeah. Bigfoot. Uh, has become so elusive is because they live in places where not only are they vast, but um, yeah, the, they tend to live in places where it either gets very hot or very wet. You know, you think about Florida and the swamp. Uh, mm. What's it called? The skunk ape. Skunk ape. Yeah, he lives in a swampy areas. Mm-hmm. Well, swamps are notorious for being wet and it's hot. So you mm-hmm. that ho- moisture and heat really would uh, lend itself to rapid decay. Yeah. Or as uh, our friend, uh, what's that, uh, the, the Undertaker Girl YouTube channel? Oh, shoot. Ask a Mortician. Ask a Mortician. She would say, her name. It's called, yeah, but it's called, uh, she uses the term putrefaction. <laughs> putrefaction is a fancy word for decay. <laughs> Very disgusting form of decay. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I tend to believe because, yeah, you see a lot of repeatable evidence. Um, it, you know, you a lot of, of the more compelling videos I've seen um, show uh, it doesn't look like a man in a suit. It, you can see the musculature. Yeah. 
Um, you see uh, facial features. You see uh, common behaviors, like I said, with the whoops and the howls and the knocks. And the knocks. Yeah, and you see the uh, throwing of rocks. Uh, very, very common. And so, oh, and that reminds me of that story. I can't remember all the names, but there is a story out there, and it was a written novel or book or short story. I can't remember the name, but uh, <clears throat> where a guy told his tale of being kidnapped by a family of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was in, like, the 40s or something. Yeah, way back yeah. in the 40s. And so what happened was this man uh, allegedly <laughs> allegedly was kidnapped by a, a, a family of Bigfoot, and he was in their cave or dwelling or whatever. And the way he, he had to escape them, and the way he did so, I think, is um, he gave the Papa... Bigfoot, his snuff, and the oh, snuff, right. he snorted yeah. it, and it made him go, like, kind of sneeze crazy, and he that's when he made his break for it, and he ran, and then he told this story, and, you know, most people think it was completely nonsense, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It could be, it could be true. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. Um, I want to believe it's true. So. You want to believe, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, I believe in Bigfoot. Um I believe that if there is a Bigfoot, it's definitely um, a biological creature. I don't think it's a interdimensional creature. I don't think it's an alien. Um, so that whole connection to UFOs, what, what's your thoughts on that? The stories are compelling. I mean, there's a few that we've seen that sound very interesting, but I <clears throat> don't really believe it. It's, yeah. It just doesn't seem like... Well, and what... Why on earth, if you had a spaceship, would you always end up in the forest? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I do believe that aliens, if they do come here, come here for resources. And so they probably go places that are, uh, you know, they, I think a lot of them dwell underwater. They hide from us in, in our oceans, deep mm-hmm. in our oceans. There's another story about those creatures. Uh, about, but, um, but, yeah, I do think that they come here for our resources. Um, but... You know, I always picture like E.T., you know, uh, landing and then picking up, you know, ferns and shrubs and shit. <laughs> you like, it doesn't, why would you go hundreds of trillions of light years to pick up ferns? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not to break down, you know, E.T., I mean, I'm, st- I'm sure they had their reasons. But I just mean to say that if Bigfoot was an alien, why would he only be found in forests? Why couldn't yeah. he also be found in Cities or some place where there's mm-hmm. greater resources, I would think. But more people. Yeah, well, that's true. So, yeah, I don't know. That's it's true. In- it's an interesting concept. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't believe it, that it's an international traveler. I don't believe in all that stuff. Not to say that I don't believe in international, interdimensional travelers or uh, believe in um, aliens, because I, I kind of do. I mean, you know, and we'll go into that a little bit, you know, do, is there anything else we need to say about Bigfoot? Because I, I want to move on to UFOs. I think just I remember one of the other reasons I think that it's real, too, is there's so many native cultures going back oh, centuries yeah. that have stories mm-hmm. and they have statues and they have cave drawings. And Yeah, well, they, they, have, they have pictographs of what they believe are their spirit animals. And they have, of course, all the critters we're used to. But then mm-hmm. one of them is, is Bigfoot. Yeah. So it makes yeah. you realize, and that's where the word Sasquatch comes from. It's mm-hmm. a Native American term. Uh, so it makes you kind of wonder if, um, you know, because that also kind of goes into that other cryptid, uh, the 
that weird one with that has the stilt legs. Oh, yeah. Do they call the that a Fresno, skin? Fresno, it's the Nightwalker. Nightcrawler. So Nightcrawler. The Fresno yes. Nightcrawler. Yeah, and there's Native Native American so there's, statues of right that look like that too. So there's Native That's American right. statues yeah. of that, like a big, big, uh, not big, sir. Um, Yosemite. Yosemite. Yeah. Right. Right. So who knows? I mean, is that a real thing? I, if you guys haven't seen uh, the Fresno Nightcrawler. Uh, Google that or go on YouTube and search that. Um, you that is the weirdest damn thing ever. And there's one video in Yosemite too, which right. If I'd known about that when I was in Yosemite all the time. Well, and I have this tendency to believe things more when Native Americans yeah, believe it because too. they are just have a deeper, richer connection to the to the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's about what I have to say about it. You know, I. I I, I, you know, when we humans, something becomes popularized in our culture, it, it has a tendency to go real lo- good and strong for a while. And then all of a sudden there's a bunch of hate for it. And that's kind of where we're at now. It's kind of like uh, The Walking Dead with zombies. Everybody loved in 2010, zombies, zombies, zombies. And it was Zombieland and all these zombies. And and then now everybody hates zombies and, and hates The Walking Dead. <laughs> You know, it's like it's like we have this tendency in our culture to anytime anything's become oversaturated, we we'll become dismissive of it. We become it oversaturated. Yeah, and that well, and that oversaturation tends to lend itself to the skeptics to say, well, you know, it kind of has a way of sort of um, making people not believe because after a while, it all becomes sort of you know a little too much in in our pop culture. It becomes so popularized that it almost people become dismissive of it yeah but then that also means that more people are aware of it more people are looking out for things which means more people might see things that's true so it's yeah well that's the beauty of living in these days is that everybody has a camera and everybody has technology in their pocket and so um we have just more opportunities to catch not just bigfoot but everything ghosts and whatever and so you know um that kind of reminds me about what I, I was thinking about a podcast topic called, called um, the the life is weirder than you think and thank goodness for that mm-hmm. and I may, may yeah. still do that episode yeah. um, but it kind of like it reminds me that um, when you start to see the sum total of all the weird shit out there you know and and of course a certain percentage is probably hoaxers and oh, C- yeah. CGI artists and whatnot mm-hmm. but when you remove all that you there's still a little bit of evidence there and and corroboration of that evidence, repeatable evidence, repeatable phenomenon that lend itself to all this weird stuff. And so when you start to see that lights in the sky, when you start to see uh, hairy bipedal critters in the woods, when you start to see um, these weird uh, critters like um, the rake and like the Fresno Nightcrawler and the Jersey Devil and... Uh, the Mothman, you know, what are we talking about here? You know, and, and so it really makes me realize that for as much as we know as people, there's so much we don't know, too. We don't know more than we know. Right. Absolutely. And so I try to keep an open mind in the sense that not so open that your brain falls out, but just open enough to be open minded, because not only do I not want to live in a world where nothing fun or cool exists, but I also want to believe based on the fact that there is actual repeatable evidence. And that's what my threshold is. Like 
So long as there, I start to see phenomenon that's repeatable, like whether it be ghost videos or mm-hmm. cryptid videos, so long as it's repeatable stuff, you start to see, ah, there might be something to this. And then you have to ask yourself, well, is it repeatable because people are repeating it, the hoaxers? Yeah. Or is it repeatable because it's a phenomenon that just happens to exist? Yeah. And it, it's both ways. Yeah. Some, some are hoaxers, and I think a lot of, some of it's real. Yeah. A lot of it's hoaxing. But, oh, yeah. But yeah. you read through all the crap, and you get to the things yeah. that are actually real. Yeah. Like, anytime someone's overacting, I'm like, okay, probably not real. Anytime, like, I hear those, like, pig squeals and stuff, mm-hmm. and they, they're trying to say it's a rake... Um, I don't always think that's real. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's been some that I didn't think were real. And then they ended up featured on uh, Paranormal Caught on Camera. And then they had the actual guy interviewed. Mm-hmm. And that kind of lends a little more credibility to it all. Yeah. So, you know, well, and that's <laughs> the thing about this world, you guys, is that this we don't know. But we might be an international truck stop for all kinds of beings. So, you know, and the fact is, is that we're, you know, we are pretty advanced for an animal, but we're very unadvanced in the grand scheme of things. Kind of reminds me of Rocket in uh, Avengers Endgame. He's like, you're only a genius on Earth, smart guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, because, uh, you know, compared to other species, I can only imagine we're, we're fairly uh, unsophisticated, you know? Yeah. Um, but, that's enough about that. Uh, if you guys believe, you know, go on my social media, uh, Chef Bry Comedy on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, I want to have a conversation with you guys about that. Yeah. If any of you have had any experiences or stories, we would love to hear them. We want to hear more. Yeah. Because we want to, we're not, we don't just do this because we, you know, want views. We're doing this because we have a honest to goodness uh, love and appreciation of it. And we are believers. And, and so the more you can help us uh, learn and grow in that, in that information, the more we can kind of start, it starts changing and molding and evolving your thinking over time. Because mm-hmm. what I know about the paranormal now versus, you know, 10 years ago is oh, vast, yeah. you know, yeah. just as I keep adding more information. And then of course you discard some information mm-hmm. and you just keep building and building. Mm-hmm. Um, and that reminds me. And so that reminds me of uh, uh, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch. You knew, you know, yeah, we had to go there. We had to. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's about <laughs> cryptids, the Skinwalker. Mm-hmm. It's about UFOs or UAPs. They're calling them now. Use the correct terminology. Got to use the right words, you know. Um, but but yeah. So we uh, on Fourth of July, uh, we were all excited to watch the new episode of Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, it's called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch on History Channel. We have no affiliation to it. We're just big fans, um, and. We've we've talked about this on previous episodes about uh, cryptids. So if you want to hear more about it, go on my episode about cryptids. Um, uh, but um, yeah, so th- we d- we were like, oh, because we asked Google, hey, is there a new episode of Skinwalker Ranch uh, tomorrow? And she said no. And then yesterday we were like, well, let's just check, you know. And we looked, and by golly, there was a new episode anyway. So. Don't always trust Google. She doesn't know everything. Does not. Um, she she's is per- senile. Yeah, she's getting old <laughs> and in her age. But uh, yeah, so on, on this episode, um, this is the next to last episode before the season ends. So the next episode next week is that. Next week is the season. Next, finale. yeah, next Tuesday will be the the season two finale, which is tomorrow. 
Yeah, that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Right, exactly. <laughs> what day is it? Yeah, yeah, what day is this? Um, so, yeah, so by the time you're hearing this, um, I'll probably have this out tonight. So by tomorrow, uh, yeah, it will be the, the latest episode of Skinwalker Ranch. And so this one, um, so, so what they've been doing is they've been searching the ground and the air. And for anomalies, they're catching a lot of magnetic anomalies. Um, and so they had, um, they did some tests uh, on previous episodes where they shot rockets into the sky and some of them weren't coming back. And we don't know if they weren't coming back because something was catching them or. The balloon didn't come back. Yeah, yeah. Or the balloon didn't come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, or, or maybe because they were smaller, maybe they just didn't have the weight to come back. I don't know. But now they get this perfect, these professionals who have professional rockets, like big giant 10 foot rockets. And they're putting all these instruments in it, uh, measuring gamma radiation, uh, measuring um, magnetic fields, magnetic fields, yeah, um, all kinds of things that they're trying to test for. And um, they they launched a bunch of rockets, and they had just like the first time they were launching rockets, uh, they had a UFO show up. And so, yeah. and and then uh, that one dude, uh, the security guy. Yeah. His phone started going crazy again, mm-hmm. and so uh, he has this Apple phone, and uh, somehow there something is opening up his phone, unlocking it. It has a passcode. It's un- unlocking it. Like he said, it unlocked it in three tries, and then all these digits are pump- coming up, and all these apps are opening and closing, and all this crazy stuff is happening, and this is all in conjunction with the fact that they're measuring um, all these uh, – magnetic fields at the same time electromagnetic fields simultaneously mm-hmm. and so it really makes you wonder what the heck is going on and the guy from the rocket company is having some weird energetic thing and every hair on his body was standing up and he's feeling this weird like force yeah and that was a lot of fun too because um they so this company comes in it's like three guys and they're telling them like hey we you Keep your eyes peeled for UFOs and all this stuff. And you can kind of tell at first they're like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. buddy. <laughs> you know, like I, you, they're definitely fascinated and they're definitely open minded to it. But you could tell that deep down they're like, yeah, right. You know, so so this one guy was experiencing um, like tingles and uh, he was getting goosebumps and it was really severe, and he was the only one experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, of course I'm the only guy. Now I'm a crazy person, you know. <laughs> But, but it was neat to see these um, people that weren't a part of their usual uh, team uh, see a UFO and experience, experience something, something yeah. like that, personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it kind of lends itself to the credibility. Yep, absolutely. So what do you, what do you think is happening there? Do you have any? I have no idea. I really, there's just so many weird things. And I, I know I say this every time we talk about it, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, I noticed, what I did notice is that it seems like every time that they um, run a test, whether it be rockets in the sky or having uh, Tesla coils shoot um, lightning down into the ground or whatever, anytime they, you know, do anything, uh, it seems to attract the attention of UFOs. And so um, one time there was like a square orange object that showed up uh, right next to them in the bushes like what the hell was that uh every time they see lights like lights in the sky that look like ufos or uaps and so it kind of makes me wonder if maybe uh when we're doing things they show up because it seems 
that every time we they run tests, UFOs show up to either erase data mm-hmm. or to mess with our technology or or yeah. do something to disrupt or disturb our findings. And so, oh, and that reminds me, remember when that final rocket launched, the big guy, the big 10-foot rocket, mm-hmm. um, just before the rocket, rocket launched, you see something, something down. come down at the rocket and then come back. And if you blink, you would have missed it. But it was something, something visual you can see shoot down and shoot back up. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes into what I was saying about repeatable evidence. Um, yeah. There's been repeatable evidence in you know, 20 years ago where UFOs, like there was a launching of a rocket uh, at Vandenberg Air Force Base. And you see a UFO uh, sort of interfere, if you will, with mm-hmm. it really quickly. And it shot something at the rocket, and then it disappeared real quick. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know whether or not maybe these life forms, whether they're alien life forms or whether they're, like, my theory is that sometimes these creatures might be, like, uh, uh, cosmic creatures, like cosmic entities, cosmic plasma entities or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But we don't know whether or not, whether they're aliens or not, is kind of irrelevant. But the point is, is that, they tend to inter- interfere with anything they think is um, where we're getting too close to the truth. Mm-hmm. So are are UFOs like alien beings trying to hide the, the truth? Or maybe they're something very advanced that our government knows about that we don't. Maybe they're trying to protect us from ourselves. They see us launching things and they're not quite right. sure what it is. They... They're, they're protecting us from ourselves, so maybe they're protecting us from finding out too much because they're afraid of what how it might affect humanity. We're their little ant farm. We're, they're yeah, just, just you never know. Looking. Yeah, so that's what, at the end of the day, is so fascinating about Skinwalker Ranch is that they have um, ghosts and paranormal stuff happening inside of some of their buildings, like Homestead 2. Uh, they have uh, aliens and UAPs showing up uh, every time they run tests. Uh, you have light anomalies happening on the Mesa. Um, <clears throat> you have just all assortments of things. And the reason why it's called Skinwalker Ranch is because the Native Americans uh, named it Skinwalker because there was kind of like a werewolf or wolf-like shape-shifting creature that has been seen out there in in on the plains and so how all these things connect we just don't know but it seems to be that uh skinwalker ranch uh is a uh electromagnetic hot spot and whether that's a hot spot because something is buried underneath the earth or maybe there's a craft underneath the earth or <laughs> or maybe there's maybe it's just a uh Maybe there's a portal there. I think it, there's something energetic. A wormhole. Yeah. Yeah. It's just energetically, there's something going on. Portal, yeah. wormhole. Yeah. A stopping point for things that I don't know. But it was fun to watch the it. cast talk to these new guys as somewhat, op- you know, hopefully optimistic skeptics turn into believers mm-hmm. in a single evening because they, as soon as they saw the UFO, they're like, whoa like 
Like, because they were warned of it and they're like, yeah, sure, buddy. But then when they see it, it's like, you could tell like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, and that's the thing about this show, you guys, is that we went into it pretty skeptical at first. Like, this is too good to be true, you know. But then after a while, um, you start to see that, wow, not only is this happening repeatedly, but it's happening uh, to a degree in which... uh, is greater than we've ever seen. And and so that's what makes you kind of skeptical is how much it's happening and how big this stuff is. Um, but then when you start to add it all together, um, you know, the truth is, is we can't deny the fact that we've seen UFOs multiple, multiple times. Well, and the government spent years investigating there and they won't release any of the information. That's yeah. why it's having to be done again. And these people are doing it <clears throat> privately so they can put it on TV yeah, and not have it hidden privately for the public consumption. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean privately as opposed to government. To they government, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's fascinating. And so I would just say, if you guys are interested in cryptids or UFOs or Bigfoot or any of this stuff, um, look no further than this show. This show's got it all, man. Oh my god, it has more, mm-hmm. you know, compelling evidence that than I've ever seen on a single show. You know, mm-hmm. so um, but yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I just don't know what is really happening there. I, I tend to think that it's probably some kind of wormhole. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's a wormhole above the Earth, and and maybe they're coming hundreds of millions of light years from somewhere else, and that's where they're coming out at, perhaps. Yeah, they did Who, pinpoint a lot of the energy to mm-hmm. a, a specific area. What was it, like 5,000 feet above Yeah, so 5,000 feet they've triangulated is mm-hmm. a spot in the air where they're having the the most uh, electromagnetic anomalous behavior. And so um, they've been shooting rockets up there. Well, on the final episode, uh, they're going to go up there in a helicopter and just stay there for a while and see if they can't ascertain more information about what it is that's there. Um, But yeah, it's really fascinating. And, you know, I, I, you know, I approach life as a skeptic. Um, I don't automatically believe in things, um, but when you start to look in the right places and you start to see the repeatable evidence and you throw away a lot of the, uh, you know, just lesser evidence, you're still left with a lot of compelling stuff. Yes, you are. You know? So, yeah. Um, I, I, let me look at my list here. Is there anything else you want to say about that, babe? Um, just that last night on the episode, too, they had the son of a man who had done decades and decades of UFO research yeah. and talking to people that had, had experiences and a lot of corroborating evidence. Mm-hmm. He talked to different people that didn't know each other, that had seen the same thing at right. the same time, all within that area because he was operating within that area in Utah. Yeah, and this gentleman, he's, he's since deceased. He passed away, uh, but he has been basically cataloging this area uh, since the 60s, mm-hmm. and um, he basically anytime there's a UFO sighting or any kind of anomalous behavior, he comes in and catalogs it on a basically a form that he created. And so now he's got, you know, many generations of of data that he's giving, the family is giving to these guys, and they're going to now catalog all this stuff, and they're going to continue his work. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, um, and what's cool about it, too, is um, most of the time you think like the people who believe in Bigfoot and aliens and UFOs are always like those 
those damn hippies <laughs> and those damn liberals. And, you know, and, and so the fact that it's taking place in Utah, a very conservative environment, uh, the fact that you've got businessmen and um, wealthy business types involved and you've got uh, people that would normally probably lean more conservative um, I love the fact that this, you know, is not a liberal or conservative thing. This is a human being thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like also about all this stuff is that we have this tendency in our society to just like hate one another based on our differences. You automatically hate someone that's conservative or liberal or you hate somebody that isn't the same race as you or you hate somebody that is different from you. And so when you start to see just how deep the rabbit hole might go in our society, um, you know, because honestly, if we had an alien invasion, do you think conservatives would care whether or not you were liberal or not? Like at that point, you know, it kind of becomes that uh, that, um, uh, you know, that story, the the one the remember the uh, Dr. Seuss book where the man comes into town and these these creatures, um, some of them had stars on their bellies and some of them didn't have stars on their bellies. And he comes into town and he can make put stars on bellies. And so uh, what made these these creatures different were the stars on the belly. Some had them and some didn't. And at the end of the day, this guy was getting putting stars on bellies. And so the ones that had stars in the bellies were starting to get another machine that would take the stars off the bellies. And so in the end, everybody was all mixed up and nobody knew who, who was the original belly stars and who weren't. And the point of that was, is that we're all the same. We're all the same and it doesn't matter. And so, the thing about our culture is that we have a tendency to have um, fear or xenophobia towards things that we don't understand or things that we aren't uh, like us. And so um, what I like about exploring the paranormal and the supernatural and the exploring aliens and UFOs is that at the end of the day, um, if, if there really is something like that, um, it, it's going to quickly bridge the gap between liberalism and conservatism and I like that because at the end of the day, I don't want to hate people based on that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you voted for Trump, fine. As long as you like UFOs, baby, we good. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's just unfortunate that we as a culture um, have become so polarized. And so that's another reason why I like all this stuff, because it, it's it got nothing to do with anything. You know, it's just it's about something that's so out there and far-fetched that it kind of captures your imagination and uh, makes you realize that we're not all so different. And it's, if we could just get liberals and conservatives, Democrats and Republicans, brown people, white people, innies and outies, males, females, you know, to all understand that we're all alive, we're all the same, we're all dealing with the same problems and the same grief and that there might be something out there that will not necessarily well it could be a common enemy (laughs) hopefully (laughs) Hopefully not not. but but just to know i think if we understood that there was alien beings uh maybe it would start making us think differently you know and that's one of the main reasons why they say they the government keeps this stuff from us is they're afraid that if it's not just that they're afraid we'll overreact they're afraid that if we find out the truth, we'll stop going to our jobs and the economy will crumble. 
that's what yeah. that's the real reason so you know and so i think that's what they say is the reason why they're slowly kind of letting this stuff out over generations is so that our uh, uh, society uh slowly uh it becomes more open-minded to this stuff so that when definitive proof does come out we won't be so freaked out about it mm-hmm. you know so you never know but um that's about all we have for today um you know i'll just kind of do a quick quiz on you real quick before we go Uh-oh. um do you, so you believe in bigfoot yes uh, do you believe in uh ghosts yes do you believe in demons possibly yeah, I believe in demons, but not as biblical figures, yes, but as exactly. uh, malevolent uh, earth yes. spirits. That's yes. what I think. Um, uh, what do you think about uh, the Fresno uh, uh, Nightcrawler? That is a weird one. That's a weird, weird one. But oh, my God. there are Native American statues that are centuries old That means they've, that they've, creature. Right. So. I, I'm on the fence. But yeah, I'm yeah. very interested. I want to it. believe, I but I'm not sure either. Too. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, and just especially since Yosemite is like my favorite place on earth, and I just anything that's. Yeah. I can't try, think of the words I'm trying to say. Migraine. Prevalent, yeah, definitely. I'm <laughs> prevalent to that area. Yeah. I'm kind of. Indi- indicative or indigenous to that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. There you go. Yeah, words. yeah. Words. Big words. Words are good. <laughs> <laughs> I use big words. Um, but yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I believe that cryptids could exist because elusive creatures in the, in the depths of the sea could escape our detection. Um, I believe that there could be creatures that live in our atmosphere that are mm-hmm. too small to see, uh, that perhaps live in, uh, clouds or maybe they're just, is too small or too fast Actually, to see. That one video we recently saw. It right. looked like something that was floating in water, but it was in the air and it was yeah. in the clouds. And but. and that's another thing you see is like um that's why I have a, a belief that perhaps there are what's called uh cos cosmological creatures that that, that if you imagine that outer space is our sea mm-hmm. and that they kind of float around in our in our you know outer space and that they're they're made of plasma, so they yeah. they look at like light, or they mm-hmm. look like um, energy, you know. And that yeah. that could explain some of our UFOs. Maybe they're not craft at all. They could be craft, but maybe they're actually just yeah. critters themselves. And that woman in Norway we saw on, caught on tape last night. Right. Time. She keeps seeing this stuff over and over again, and that kind of goes to show that if you are open to it, perhaps they're open to you. So what is that psychic link? Is maybe there's a psychic bond there. I want that. I'm I'm so open to it. Yeah, my I've wife. She's never she, seen anything. I know. She's never seen anything, and she wants to believe. And uh, living here uh, in Oregon, you know, um, eight months out of the year, we don't get a whole lot of – there's a lot of cloud cover. So, you know, it's the summer times that are really nice and clear up here. Where uh, we can we do our get our asses outside at night. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I I find the whole thing fascinating. You know, um, I I I you know, like I said, um, you know, I don't discount the belief in God. Um, I, I just think I think of God in different terms. Um, you know, when you start to think of it in biblical terms, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But if you were to think of it in terms of like um, energy and intention and good and evil. Um, sure, I think good and evil exist, and how you um, ionize yourself uh, could uh, create an uh, energy of good or bad. So, um, you know, who knows, man? You know, and that's why I'm not one of those like 
atheists that are like, theists are so stupid. Like, hey, if somebody's getting something good out of it, you know, community and faith, I think that's a good thing. I The only reason why I have a problem sometimes is that sometimes that indoctrination can lead to toxic thinking, can make you vote for Trump, can make you, if, if you're willing to think a lot of insane things are real, you're willing to think other insane things are real, and sometimes that can make your thinking uh, off and ungrounded. And so you um, you can be uh, susceptible to um, believing in things that aren't real that can actually weaponize you for or against certain important things, you know, sociopolitically. So that's where I have the problem. I have no problem with church or church going. Um, maybe there is a God, and maybe God is like, I don't prove myself because I don't have a need to. I don't care if you care. Like, UFOs don't care if, mm-hmm. if we know yeah. whether they exist. Why yeah. would God? So, yeah. I'm open about it. I'm open, you know, and uh, you never know. You never know. So, I just, I, I think we need to step away. From, I wish we could, like, step away from, you know, the biblical stuff and just think of, like, maybe Jesus was, like, the first, like, guy that, like, had this ability to have magic powers and he was just the first guy to really open his brain to this untapped potential of humanity and um and when he said that we were all god's children what he meant to what he what he's saying is is that you know we you're also the son and daughter of god maybe that's what they're saying and maybe it's just being misinterpreted so I'm 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 fascinated by it, but I'm skeptical. Um, my only problem, like I said, is when you know, like when you see like religious people that do terrible things. It's like, well, you can't be a Christian and do terrible things. It doesn't work that way, you know. But you can because you can just ask for forgiveness. And well, fine. That's sort of the problem is yeah. they give you that out. Yep. You know, I'm all for forgiveness, but mm-hmm. not for terrible things. And it's like in storytelling. Anytime it's like uh, Iron Man, you know. Um, you know, uh, or no, 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 we were thinking of Dexter, you know, was it Dexter or Iron Man? No, it was Iron Man. Oh, yeah, it was Iron Man. Anytime you do something awful in a book or story that's irredeemable, you can't live at the end. So what happened with Iron Man is that he was a weapons manufacturer in the beginning, and so by the end, he had to die because in story rules, in writing stories, rules... You, you have to kill off what's called irredeemable characters. Mm-hmm. And he was irredeemable because he caused mass casualties because of yeah. his weapons of death. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Little bit of MCU <laughs> wisdom from, from, as, from my, my mouth to your way, ears. As we work our way from the beginning again. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. So anyway, we could ramble all day long. I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you so very much for listening. Um, but yeah, come on over to my uh, uh, Instagram and my Twitter. My Twitter is pathetic, you guys. I've got like 235 followers. I need Twitter followers, you guys. Um, I'm doing okay on Instagram. I need more Facebook followers. But yeah, find me on Chef Bry Comedy. Uh, we can talk about the ghost and paranormal. We can talk about spirituality if you want. We could talk about all that stuff i am an open-minded non-judging person i'm just here to um to learn and grow you know like i say as a chef you don't have to have a culinary degree to be a great chef um uh, status means nothing in this society 
uh, it has to do with uh, energy and intention. If you're the kind of person that means well and, and is learning and growing and learning to be a good cook, what would I care if you have a culinary degree? I knew a bunch of those assholes and I don't care about that. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with eating grandma's, uh, you know, tomato soup, you know? So I don't know. I'm, I'm so rambling right now. I need to (laughs) zip it up. Uh, anyways, yeah, come on over to chef bride comedy. I'll have one more episode for you guys. Uh, this week and uh, i want to thank you again uh rebecca russell baby thank you thanks uh it's always good to have you on the show and uh if you guys uh uh want to uh learn more about this stuff i highly recommend watching uh skin uh, secret of skinwalker ranch uh, youtube has a ton of stuff but be careful there's a lot of phony stuff there uh there's a television show called um uh uh, paranormal caught on camera. Paranormal caught on camera. Thank you, baby. Um, but there's there's good stuff out there. Um, uh, you know, just be skeptical. Um, you know, look at all this stuff with a scientific mind. Um, but you know, don't be overly cynical. You know, uh, you may you don't know. Life is much weirder than you think, you guys, and that's probably a good thing. It's scary and it's weird, but it's a good thing because do you really just want life to be about? Burger King and Target and jobs and work. You need whimsy and fun. Yeah, that's 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 the takeaway here. So, thank you guys again. I'll see you uh, in my next episode. Have a good one, you guys. And I love you like a play cousin. See you around. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.